Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Fiction. Science fiction. Horror. Fantasy. Crime. LGBT. Thriller. You have now entered the House of Mystery. With your hosts, Eric Shapiro, David North Martino, John Copenhaver, and Al Warren. FM Riverside and 1050 AM Palm Springs. You're on KKNW 1150 AM Seattle and KCAA 106.5 FM Los Angeles, part of the NBC News Talk. I'm Al Warren, and sitting on the is Kev Thompson. Good morning. It certainly is. Good to see you finally awake. Hey, it's probably just a pre-workout still. So. Yeah. Well, just, now, now, just for the um, uh, measles has had a huge increase in Washington State now, over a hundred and seventy-five cases in the state alone. So, um, you know, vaccines. Come on, people. This was nipped in the bud in two thousand. Yes, uh, lead you know, kills measles. Well, no, yeah. See, the, the, a lot of them now that are being in the hospital in the hospital are 17 18 year old males that's bad for your reproductive system true well so is mumps yeah and that's breaking out again too um you know people do need you, vaccines come on well you know? al do, do you really think it's because they're not i mean yeah yeah in washington the, state now we're at uh only 71% getting vaccinated now. And in places like Vancouver, Washington, right down by Portland, uh, we're down to, um, um, let's see, 35% are not being vaccinated. So 65% are getting the vaccines. But do, but do you really think it's because the push to not get vaccines or people are just, I mean, I hate to say this, but just too lazy or too busy or just, it could be a combination, but the thing is, uh, you know, remember, I, you know, I remember, but mind you, this was in the 60s. <laughs> um, when we were in school, they just give us the shot in school. Like, I think it was second grade. Yeah. Uh, we just Absolutely. all lined up, go to the gym, and they all shoot you up. And, and mm-hmm. 
they're still doing it at school level, I believe. So why, you know, they're choosing not to because it's given to you unless you say no. So, um, well, they're they're also doing it at, at employers. Like, you know, I work for the sheriff's department, and we're exposed to, you know, diseases every day. You know, tuberculosis, measles, smallpox, you name it. People come in with it, and they it's. A, a big push there. Plus, I'm in the military where it's mandatory. I mean, you walk yeah. through a door, the needles just shoot out of the wall. You know? Well, they, um, they, um, that's a conspiracy. They're really just, uh, they're, that's their mind control over you and the, and the policing, you know. Oh, well, I probably got chips all over in me. Yeah, didn't. the deep, deep states got you. Now, <laughs> now, the, the other, now, the other thing we want to talk about. Oh, speaking of that, that was funny, a funny news story, um, you know, falling into needles. A guy fell onto a squirrel and had to go to the hospital and have it removed from his butt. Uh, a squirrel? Yeah. Now, first of all, no, that's what they always a say. squirrel where it gets up your ass? <laughs> I know. That, you know, I, I used to work in nursing years ago, and people would come in with the most bizarre things internal. I fell in the shower, and it was there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, how does it, how do you fall naked and then have the square? I don't know. I, do, I don't well, even you know. Hey, you know, don't ask. Look, look who you're asking. Look at this yeah, stuff. That's I know. Yeah, to Mr. Me. Mr. Yeah. Durable. Um, <laughs> now, the the and I saw the Queen movie, Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, now I have heard rave reviews, and I've not gotten to watch it yet. But I was a huge, huge Queen fan. I'm disappointed. What? I'm disappointed. Um, I was you know, too. you know who turned down that part was Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, no, I think the guy was really good in the role. Like it's, that's not. I'm disappointed in one the fact that a lot of the mid music they did themselves with that guy, and he can't sing near what he doesn't do it justice on on to the real Freddie Mercury. The other thing is too, they missed a lot of parts, and because I was such a fan, I have a lot of the videos that Mercury made. Um, of his home life, and it just there was a lot of things that they skipped, and so if you know a lot about the band, you might be disappointed. Not mm -hmm. in the acting, just in in how they skipped some years. Pretty, you know, it was it, when you see it, you'll see what I mean. Uh, okay. Being a fan, but uh, but you know they did a really good job. You know, I mean, and he it was a great actor. Nothing wrong with that. Now, now I re I remember listening to the cassette over and over until literally I wore it was Queen the Works. You remember that? Yeah, the cassette. You mean for you eight track? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, my dad had the eight track player, but I had the Walkman that was about the size of my laptop here. But I wore that sucker out till you could barely hear it anymore. I loved that. I had a seventy eight. No. <laughs> <laughs> Now, um, now we're we're going to go back in history again, but a little bit further back than uh, Queen seventies. We're going to the sixties. Now, important time, uh, November twenty second and sixty three. That's of course the JFK assassination. Mm. Um, really unique too, because the last book I submitted to um, the um, publisher, my the one on the Moore's murders, um, that couple killed intentionally after Kennedy was killed. That was kind of bizarre. Um, they did it because everybody was so enamored, and that's what everybody was talking about on the 23rd. So they went out and chose one of their victims. So it, it's just interesting how, it, for most people, it was a major 
upset and depression well, while others a, like yeah. that were going a, out. A trigger. Yeah, they thought, oh, this is a great time to kill. Yeah. You know, <laughs> people somehow, yeah, somehow you're socially justified. Yeah. And you know what? I, I just can't get over. I'm surprised by people's actions every day. <laughs> but we've got um, a special person here. Now, uh, she's uh, written two books. And uh, the, the main point of the books um, is that her grandfather was one of the people that filmed the JFK assassination. It wasn't just Zapruder. So we're going to talk about her grandfather and that film and putting the pieces together. So let's welcome Gail Nix-Jackson. How are you doing? I'm great and good morning, and I'm so honored to be here. I am too. <laughs> you can tell I'm from Texas, can't you? I, I'm trying really hard not to have a Texas accent, but oh, I, just be you. It's a lost cause. No, it's okay. It's all about personality. You know, I've got my Canadian accent that comes out all the time. Uh, well, I didn't notice it except when you say "out." It's yeah. like oh. Oh, yeah. Oot yeah. Oot <laughs> yeah, I'm out in a boot. Canadian. But Minnesota people do that too. Yeah, I get accused yeah. that all the time. You're from Minnesota or you're Canadian? So, yeah. Uh, and I yeah. tell them I'm from Fargo. No. Um, that's that's not what it's about here. A boot. It's not, about, it's not a boot. Yeah. I'm out in a boot. So, uh, you, know, you know, the other one you can get is uh, Canadians say again. Like they always, it's not again. They pronounce the A and everything. The A and yeah, It's true, isn't it? Again. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah, they pronounce the A and everything. And same as color, color. <laughs> and, and us, and us. If we use a long I sound, even when I say I, it's it more. It's more like ah, yeah. like tight, tight. Yeah. It, it, it turns into like four syllables. You know. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And then, you yeah. know, of course, we've got the French. You know, if you learn French to start, then things are really difficult. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but that's a different story. Now, yeah. how did this all happen? So your grandfather. Um, Orville Nix was right. was right. at the um, Dallas and uh, watching the president. Um, and what kind of camera was he using? Was he using a, a film camera or just for he pictures? Was or movie? It, it, he was so okay. My grandfather. Let, let me give you a quick little background. I mean, sure. Um, he worked for the General Services Administration, which is a government, um, another government entity. And essentially, he was the air conditioner repair guy, which means he was like the glorified janitor. But but he had a fourth grade education. I, you know, I, he tried so hard because he had to quit because he um, school to help his family with money because he had a brother with epilepsy, and uh, that's a real long story. But I, it, it was very sad. So he worked his whole life in trying to better himself. I mean. Um, educate himself, I mean, because he couldn't go to school. So one of the ways he did that was making friends with people at the GSA, which in his case was Forrest Sorrells, who was a key person in um, Dealey Plaza that day. That was one of my grandfather's dear friends. And um, it's, it's Forrest had told him early, I mean, before it was even in the papers, that, look, Orville, if you want to take your grandkids to see the president, here's the best place to go. So he made the be he made plans for 
me, my sister, and my brother to, to come down there with my grandmother and see the president. Well, my mom, I mean, having kids five, three, and two, she's like, oh, no, I, I, I can't. Yeah, you know, so I'm being the, the oldest I, I got to go. And we were to meet, meet my grandfather down at Dealey Plaza at noon. Well, the crowds were so large. I, Y'all, even as a kid, I, I mean, I remember, my goodness, I mean, there were people everywhere. And we couldn't make it to get to him. It was just the throng was too thick. So we waited for him at the HL Greens, and we saw the motorcade go by, but we weren't there in Dealey Plaza. My grandfather was. Now, as he was taking the pictures, he had bought this Keystone camera, and my grandmother, who worked at a cafeteria, um, was always upset with him because he was always spending money on cameras and film because he just thought it was the most wonderful thing to see airplanes flying, and you know that was high technology to him. So he had bought this camera for this, just for this event, and he didn't know how to work it that well, okay? And he used what many of the naysayers when they, uh, from the Warren Commission, will talk about the Nix film, and they will say, well, Orville Nix didn't know what he was doing. He used indoor film. One of the things I want to bring out to you guys that I don't ever talk about, and I should, is that. Roly Zavada, and I'm not sure if you know who that man is, but he is the expert for Kodak. He's the one that goes and does all the speeches about film and all about Kodak. He's the expert. I talked to him at length for years, and he said, Gail, one thing that you never talk about and which I find odd is that your grandfather used indoor film, but the Nick's film is very dark. And if you all have seen it, you will see it's a dark film. Well, when you use indoor film, I mean, this is logical, you know. It's going to let in more light because it's indoor film. So really and truly, if you look at the next film, you would think it would be over-lightened because he is using um, indoor film, but it's not. It's very dark, and that's very strange, you know. Hmm. (laughs) Have I lost you guys already? And you're like, no, no, no. no, Actually, we're tracking. Yeah. I mean, I've never... It's, it's very odd. If you will look at the grassy knoll area, which that's the claim to fame for, for the Nick film. It's the only film that shows the grassy knoll in its entirety. So when he scans over the grassy nail, uh, knoll part, it's very dark. I mean, you can't see hardly anything, and, and that's odd. It's, at least through Mr. Zavada, the Kodak expert, he said that shouldn't be that way. So... I don't know. I, I mean, what happened there? There are all of these rumors and all of these arguments um, about alteration, about the Pruder film alteration, about Nick film alteration. And one of my dearest, dearest friends who I think is, knows more about the Nick film than I do, he, he's from Ireland. His name is Chris Galley. He says, Gail, I, I just don't think it was altered. But what I want to tell you guys is that my grandfather from day one, when he turned it over to the FBI, because they had issued an edict saying any film that, that you find to all the processing plants in the area, any film that shows anything having to do with Dealey Plaza must be turned over to the FBI immediately. So when my grandfather's film was developed, which, by the way, you guys, was a week after um, the assassination, he had so much film still left on his camera 
he didn't want to go take it and have it developed, and he didn't even really know that he had assassination footage. He didn't know. Are hmm. you there? Yep. Okay. No, I, I, um, I, so, no, first of all, back to your grandfather. Yeah, I totally understand the fourth grade education. My father had uh, six, and he had to drop out. So that was part of the times. Yeah, um, right. That's that was right. that was very normal. I think a lot of people um, know that. Um, I mean, the kids nowadays don't have a clue, but uh, you know, right? Um, but but that's that was very common. So it doesn't mean he was um, not intelligent. It's just a lot of people. Oh, I agree. But you know, to him, right. he was. Yeah, it men made just had insecure. to go to work and yeah. take care of their family. I think right. with my father, his father died in the war, so he quit school to help his mother survive. Mm-hmm. So right. that and, was. And a and a lot of men were, were tradesmen back then. You didn't necessarily need that super education because you learned a trade. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, doing things from well, your hands. My, yeah, well, he that's what he did on his own, but um, he was picking cotton. You know, when you think about, you, you, you get these stereotypes in your head about who were cotton pickers and who were, but you know what? It was every person who needed a job. It didn't matter if you were male or female or what color you were, if you needed money, you did what you had to do. And in my grandfather's case, and my grandmother's too, as a matter of fact, they picked cotton. So, yeah, so um, yeah. That's hard work. Yeah. Yeah, now, it is. Yeah. Now, now, so on this camera, so um, when they took the camera, like he, he handed in, what did he, did your grandfather actually see something or say something that yeah. you... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, what was his interpretation of what would be on the film? Well, when 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 they called him, Dynacolor was the processing plant that was processing his film, and they called him in the middle of the night um, because they worked all night doing these things, and said, "Mr. Nix." I mean, he was a really good customer. Like I said, he was always spending money on film. It would just upset my grandmother to no end. But um, they knew him very well, and they said, "Mr. Nix, you've got." Um, uh, assassination position. He goes, I, no, I, I, I mean, because he really, really didn't know that he was taking the film. And, and my grandfather was so tall. He was 6'5". So, and the Keystone camera had a grip on it, kind of like a gun, kind of. I mean, yeah. and when he heard the the shots ringing out, he clenched that grip. I mean, he was so, as you would when you were white knuckle a steering wheel, you know, when you're in the rain or the snow or something. And, so he clinched it, and it was because he had it clinched and he had it at his waist and was running that that he got the footage. That's how. And if you ever see what's a first-generation copy of the Nick's film, this is how you know. It looks like the motorcade is going uphill. <clears throat> and that wasn't uphill. It was because of the way that my grandfather was holding the camera. Now, when he watched it all night at Dynacolor, and when I say all night, they must have watched it 30 or 40 times and um he just couldn't believe it that he saw what he saw and you know that you could see the assassination and though it's not as graphic as the Zapruder film you can still see the plume of um you know blood and uh gray matter and all that uh, occurs at the at the kill sites and it's terrible and um when he took it to the fbi um, the next day, Monday, this was a Sunday night. It was Sunday, well, I should say Monday morning early, but Sunday night for those of us who sleep. So, um, 
he took it he took it like a few hours later to the FBI because like I said he was friends with all those guys and they said well okay we'll give it back to you you know tomorrow I mean we just need to make a copy for ourselves and they didn't they didn't return it to him for four days now that of course in our family has always been a why 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 did they do that I mean why would they need to keep it so long but Back to what we were speaking of earlier before the show started, we didn't question. I mean, Americans did not question our government in those days. They just didn't. I mean, maybe some of the protesters that that was before Woodstock and that was before, you know, a lot of protests. But maybe later they began. But at that time, people who were of a certain age did not question what the government was doing. Well, when they gave the film back to my grandfather three and a half days, four days later, he said, well, it's different. Why does it look different? And I remember saying, smart mouth, even at a young age, I, Papa, I, I, how do you know that it's different? I mean, you just watched it at a, on, a, on a wall. I mean, I, I, how can you say it's different? And he said, because it's jumpy, because it's darker, because it's not what I saw. And I said, if you watched it on a wall, I mean, maybe there was something on the wall that made it look weird or maybe, and he, he would get really upset then and say, look, it is my film. I knew what I took. I know what I saw. That is not what I saw. So I have always wondered, as has every member of our family, did something happen to his film while the FBI had it? Did something happen? And my grandfather was convinced that it had, you know, that, that something, but... I mean, to me, it, it's a little bit illogical. If you're going to alter my grandfather's film, you're going to have to alter the, the Pruder film. You're going to have to alter the Much More film. You're going to have to do all of it, right? Right. So in, in our case, it was easy. I mean, they have lost my camera original film, my grandfather's camera original film. There is no original that, to take to Japan or, say, to Sweden where they've got – awesome technology now that could show is there someone on the know i mean we could see it if we had the camera original but we don't because the government has lost it so how did, that's well, what how my did, first question is about how do you how do you lose that yeah how do you how do you um yeah <laughs> well that makes yeah that, that makes no sense so they just, they no, just it lost doesn't. it yeah that's it's evident it's evidence in an open murder case and they lose it now what would happen i mean think about it you guys i if you let's just take um it, which is disgusting and horrible too but say there was a rape case and and you had dna but someone loses the dna what happens in a court case you know what i mean i mean yeah. not only does do they get in lots of trouble but i i mean it you, you have to worry about conspiracy collusion um is there someone bad in the police department? But yet we didn't do that with the Kennedy assassination. It doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't make sense to me. Does it to you guys? No. Yeah. No. Not I, at all. It, no. Uh, it's not because it was way too big of a case. Everything that right. everybody, that's, everybody's mind was on nothing but Kennedy at that time. Right. So Now, I will tell you, over the years, and God knows I have done this for... Well, honestly, my, my whole adult life, I, I have been chasing after this film. 
And I will tell you that I spoke with most everyone on the photographic committee with the House Select Committee, everyone who was on the photographic committee. And do you know that, and unfortunately most of these people have now since passed away, but there's still, still a few alive, that every one of them told me that they never even saw an original film. They saw frames. Now, how are you going to do a really good, good job of determining what happened that day when you don't even have the first evidence, the, the first, the primal, the, the, the genesis of evidence? I mean, how, it's just a joke, you guys. I, I mean, all of it has been a joke every single time. And what are we hiding? What is being hidden from us? You know, and why are we not asking why? I think so, it would explain a lot of what's going on in politics today if we would well, better understand 63, you know? Well, Gail, what do you think that they're hiding? I think that they're hiding somebody on the knoll. That's what I think. My grandfather died in 1972, and till the day he died, he would say the shots came from the stockade fence. That's what he called. That's what he called it. There's a, a picket fence back there, and he called it a stockade fence, and we call it now the grassy knoll and the fences behind it. But he swore to it. In fact, in 1967, CBS came to Dallas, and by that, by that time, my grandfather had been getting weird phone calls and strange people knocking at his door. And I mean, he was never threatened. I don't want you guys to think that, that there was anything nefarious that way. But no, it sounds like California. Strange things were happening, you know, that he couldn't make sense of. And this man who I told you um, loved technology. I mean, to him, the telephone was a big deal. And when we were kids, if, if we didn't answer the phone at the first ring, I mean, we got yelled at. Uh, because you don't leave people hanging when they're, they're wanting to talk to you. Well, by 67, if we answered the phone, we got in trouble because he had gotten that many strange phone calls. So he went ahead and uh, put his number as when uh, undisclosed number, you know, an unidentified number where people couldn't call him. But anyway, <clears throat> by 67, CBS came down and they had just, the Warren Commission had just closed. I mean, and CBS is, of course, wanting to say, oh, don't we have a great government? Look what the Warren Commission decided. Lee Harvey Oswald did it all on his own. Uh, no. And, and so they would ask my grandfather. They said, okay, Mr. Nick, you were one of the men who took a film of the assassination. What did you see? Where did the shots come from? And every time, you guys, every time, I was there, my sister was there, my brother was there. He would say, over there at the stockade fence. And the director would yell, cut, cut, cut. And this went on two or three different times. And by the fourth time, uh, the man who was the director, his name was Bernie Birnbaum. He came over to my dad, uh, my grandfather, and he said, Mr. Nix, where did the Warren Commission say the shots came from? And my grandfather said, well, they said it came from over there at the school book depository by that skinny little, little communist. <laughs> and he said, well, okay, that's what you need to say. And do you know that's what he said because they told him that's what he needed to say. Hmm. So now, I, now, I, Gail, I have seen this stuff firsthand, you guys, you know? 
Well, Gail, I, I think that I'm a pretty open-minded guy. Why can't both be true? I mean, if I was oh. to plot, if I was to plot a presidential assassination, I would not put all of my eggs in one basket. Either I you know Lee Harvey totally Oswald or a guy. Yes, no, this is Kevin. I totally <laughs> agree with you because I believe there was more than one shooter. I have never believed that Lee Harvey Oswald did this on his own. But I'm also one of those people that don't think he's an innocent. I don't. I don't think that he's a hero. I think that he knew exactly what he was into and maybe got in there a little too deep. But I don't think he did this alone. And I'll tell you what else I don't think. I, don't, I think the assassination and the cover-up are two separate entities. I, I, I don't think that they went hand in hand. I think um, the assassination happened and put whoever was in charge, and I have no idea who, who was in charge, but... Whoever was putting this together, I think there was some sort of rogue element and it caught them off guard. So they had to come up really quickly with an answer as to what's going on because they were scared that it, we would blame Russians or Cubans or, and that we would go into World War III. No, so I, there's still a part blaming of me Russians. that truly, right. There's a part of me that truly believes that our government was trying to help us, but they just did it in such a Keystone cop type way. I, I mean, it, it's not right. And we were lied to, and I think that we can take hearing the truth. I think we can, you know? Yeah. Now, so, yeah. now your, your family video, what do you think that it contradicts um, <laughs> according to what we know today about the assassination? Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
because well, I know, really, I really don't think that everybody today is buying the one shooter theory. But that's what the story was, Al. That's what it was in in, in sixty seven and sixty four and sixty five. I mean, that's what the, that's what it was. And there are still plenty of people who believe that the Warren Commission got it right. But if they're going to say that Lee Harvey Oswald did it and did it alone, then there couldn't be anything on the knoll, and there couldn't be any other shooter, and there couldn't be a head going forwards and backwards. I mean, I I don't care what all these things say. All the yeah, There's too many studies that show that, you know, it, it, it had to have been a shot from the front. And on top of that, I believe my grandfather, not only did he say there were more than three shots, he thought there were four or five, and that two of them happened one right after the other, like bam, 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 bam. You know, I mean, that's how he yeah. heard it. it you know it what, and, and he's not the first to say that. If I remember right, and you guys correct me, Al, if I'm wrong, that there was one of the officers who were in the escort, he described three to right. four shots. Hardest. But then that's they right. tried to re-explain that as well. Now, there was an echo against the buildings exactly. and what have you. Exactly, because Dealey Plaza is a lot like New Orleans. It's like an upside-down bowl. So, I mean, because of the, the pergolas and the, you know, it, it, it does echo. It does. But, I mean, if you're there and you're dive-bombing into the, into the grass all around, like all those people were uh, that were standing out there, they know. And why would we not listen to these people? I mean, why... I don't understand that either. I, I, they had, do you know they never even called my grandfather into the Warren Commission to testify? They had him go to the FBI and give his report to a couple of guys there, but he never, how can you take a film and, and not be, and, and testify in front of a huge governmental commission? I, it, it's all a joke, you guys. It's all, it, anyway, you think my just idea trying is to... Calm the crowd, like uh, make people, you know, uh, it, it was the same as when um, after Hitler's assassin killing himself and uh, uh, then yeah. all the rumors of, of Hitler still being alive in South America and all the talk. And uh, do you think it was just the way of the government trying to calm? I, I do. And I, I give them that little bit. I will give them that little bit. But um, from day one, Katzenbach, um, and Hoover and Bill Moyers were talking and saying, we have got to let um, the public know that we've got the man, and it was Lee Harvey Oswald, and there can't be any question about it. So when the Warren Commission got together, just like the FBI had an edict to grab all the movies or um, stills that came during the Dealey Plaza days, so did the Warren Commission. Their job was to prove that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. That was their job. And if we would all understand that and we would all look and see, okay, what were, what were the parameters that the Warren Commission was given? What were they supposed to talk about? What were they supposed to find? You will see that, I mean, it's just like at work. You know, I, if, I, if, if I'm working at a, at a company and um, my boss says to me, Gail, we need you to give us the, um, let's use numbers since I'm so bad at it, um, uh, the estimations for taxes for the next year for all of our Southwest companies. 
well, what, I'm not going to look in New York and I'm not going to look in California. I'm going to look at the southwestern areas, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same thing with the Warren Commission. They were given the edict to prove that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. So they didn't look at anything else. They just didn't. So, so what are we, we left don't understand with? that. We don't. What are we left um, with? I mean, because now, okay, so at, at the end of the end of the day, um, there was more than one involved, more than Oswald, and the commission was there to make sure that the crowd stays calm, and they sold that yeah. Oswald was the lone shooter, and time passes. So what are we left with in the fact of uh, whoever it was that was behind the assassination, whether you believe it was uh, LBJ or if you believe it was CIA, FBI, Russians, Cubans, there's so many mafia. Right, yeah. No matter right. who it was, um, the FBI would have to be covering for that person exactly. if they were altering the evidence and hiding it. That's right. That's so, right. And so that's now, what bothers me the most, Al. Right. There it is. There it do you is. Think the, do you think it was the FBI as a whole unit, or is it some rogue elements? Was it from the leadership down? Like we're... I think it was the leadership down, and I think it it was key people he could trust. I think it's the same with the CIA because they had to work hand in hand. And I think, just like there is today, there are are certain people that have security clearance and know things that maybe their best friend doesn't who works in the same company. I mean, I do, and I don't like that my government lies to me and uses national security as the reasoning for it. What national security could it be? I, I mean, what I, I, what could it be? And if they're going to lie to me about this, what else are they lying to me about? I mean, let's just use our common sense, you know? I, I, I It bothers me a lot. And that regular people like my grandfather, who was a, a patriot, I mean, he truly was. I mean, did everything that he was asked to do by his government gets treated this way and is... It's wrong. This is not how we do as educated civil Americans. It's not. And we should question when our government goes astray. We should do that. That's what a true patriot is. It's someone who wants us to really stay great. Well, we can't be a great America if we don't ask questions when we see something going wrong. You know, we can't. How are we going to fix it? Right. I'm going to fix it. Yeah, no, that's, you know, um, that's the importance of uh, freedom and freedom of the press and freedom exactly. of speech, right? So I agree. But, but so we're, I'm just trying to think, okay, so this is over 50 years ago. So why hasn't this come out through that channel somewhere over all of these years as we've had a huge change in government several times and a huge change I don't know. in members? Why do, right, and why do the president keep declass—I mean, classifying these files. Why right. won't they just let them all free? Yeah. What? See, that right there, forget my grandfather's film, okay? I'm not going to, but let's just take it out of, the, out of the mix. Just that, it should be enough for people to be questioning why. Uh, I mean, why? Can we not know what happened 55 years ago? We, I mean, are we really that dumb that we can't take it? Are we that emotional that we can't handle it? I mean, what is the answer here? And I, I think that we're all smart enough and, and grown up enough to handle it. I think that we can. 
Are we going to be happy? No. But we, how are we going to make things better if we can't fix our past? I mean, if we don't learn from our past, we are destined to make the same mistake over and over and over. And that's what we're doing. You know? Mm. Yeah. So, I just, I just wonder if, um, what, what exactly, um, they think it would do. Would it, um, would it, um, make people rebel against the government if something LBJ, let's say, back then did? Would that, would that cause? I mean, I don't, see, do you think that it would? I I don't know that we're at that place anymore where, where, where we would rebel and we would, protest i i think i i don't know i i i think now after this many years it could be more a learning i mean look at the holocaust i i mean the germans god that was it's horrible i i that's horrible and but the germans didn't act like it didn't happen i i mean i they they shared and learned and said god how could we be such terrible people and I mean, we need to be able to do that, too. We need to be able to heal because there are terrible people amongst us. There are. Right. And yeah. those of us who think that they're not, I mean, there are. Oh, and yeah, we're I, constantly I just, faced with things all the time. Um, right. That, you know, like I, we were talking about that earlier. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that just uh, do bad things. Um, I just... I just, I just sort of, I'm just trying to wrap my head around an idea. Yeah, to say why does it matter? Why does yeah, it matter? Because to none me? of those people are alive. You know, Johnson. Right. Like, how is it going to affect anybody? It's not like it's ten years after and all these people are still here. Right. Right. So I and just. Which kind of answers the question the other way too? You're right. Since all these people are gone, why can we not know what the truth is? And then there's the argument: Well, why do we care? I mean, why should we care? And and my answer to that is because, like I said, if we don't know, we can't learn and we can't evolve into better people and do a better government. Into and we will keep making these same mistakes, and we will still be getting hoodwinked by politicians who say one thing and do another. And and I shouldn't even just say politicians; I should say people, because yeah. it's people uh, that do this. I, you know. Yeah. Um, and as far as the Nick film goes, I have always said from day one, if I were to find the camera original, I would use my own money and, and go have it analyzed. And if it shows there's nobody on the knoll, well, you know what? There's an answer, isn't it? Because right. God knows we don't have a lot of answers to this. So there would be one. But if it does show that there was someone there, then we need to know that too, you know? Yeah. Of, of so. The JFK... Um um, books and research and things that have been produced over the years. Is there any that you find um, f- favorable in your opinion or that you like the best? Oh, you know, that's a great question. I, I mean, I like the books that the authors go straight to the source. I, I don't oh, yeah. like the theory books. You know what I mean? Right. I mean well, yeah. I think this happened. I So... Dayton Fonzie's The Last Investigation, seriously, is one of my favorite books. And um, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about. There are some books that I loved, loved until I spoke with the author and found out that they had never even spoken with these people they were talking about, and it, yeah. I really lost my respect yeah. over uh, some of those. But 
Gate and Fonzie for sure did the right. William yeah. Manson Law, he writes books that, that he, he talks to, that he goes to the source. Um, Brian and I think that's important. I, I, I think that even when yeah. I write books, you know, it's, it's so different. I, you know, I watch, um, I do true crime, serial killers, and, and when I um, see different shows on it and documentaries and stuff, and then when you go out and actually in the field and meet the people and get, get the police records and the court documents, you find out half of what's produced is, is so secondhand, it's not even true. Exactly, exactly. So for me... I'm a I'm a Pollyanna idealistic truth seeker, and and the truth is, not like you know, it's not always very pretty. But but I want to know uh, what the truth is. I don't want um, a sugar coated. I don't want to fictionalized. I want to know. Yeah, you know. And not only that, I want to have evidence. I, I want if someone tells me, okay, in my second book, I talked to um, the sons of Robert Surrey. Robert Surrey was General Walker's right-hand man. He's the one that made those signs wanted for treason that they right. passed all out in Dallas that day. That was Robert Surrey, okay? Right. Um, I spoke with his sons, and they told me the strange... Oh, my gosh, you guys. You, you need to buy the, that my book just to read the, the strange stories because I was like, no way, no way. <laughs> I, they, they, uh, they said that when they were kids, and, and they were older than me, so they were like 12 and 15. So they were old enough to, to know that they, they would go with their dad to go shoot um, out in what now is Plano, uh, it, a suburb, a big suburb of Dallas. But back then, it was nothing more than flatlands. And they would go shoot with General Walker, their dad, and Lee Harvey Oswald. Now, that's what they told me. And they said, and our job was to pick up empty cartridges now you guys this is texas yeah. okay i mean you walk in any field and you're going to find a cartridge i i mean out in a field <laughs> even today i mean you will i mean why would you be keeping cartridges well then you think about it and you go well now wait a minute and i didn't write this in the book i didn't i mean because what did i just tell you i don't like theory right. but me i i mean i'm thinking well what the heck they found those thick cartridges on the sixth floor right they didn't have Oswald's fingerprints on them, right? Yeah. I mean, I, maybe there was something to this. So uh, when I write that in there, I just leave the story as he told me, and I verify what I could. And one of the things that I verified is that they had built in Oklahoma what they called a doomsday home, along with a member of the uh, American Nazi Party, Robert Surrey, was the secretary for the National American Nazi Party. And they built this doomsday home up in the hills of, of Oklahoma. And in it, there was turrets where they could um, look out the, the tops and shoot. There were holes in the walls where you could shoot, put your gun out there like an old John Wayne movie, fighting against yeah. the, you know, the yeah. Native Americans. I mean, it's the same thing. And, and there really is that place, you guys. It's there. I mean, it is there, and and it's for real. So I'm thinking, well, okay, that's true, and now let's see if I can verify. And I went through and verified most everything. I couldn't, I mean, there was no way to verify shooting with Lee Harvey Oswald. Lee Harvey Oswald's dead. General Walker's dead. Their dad is dead, and it's just these two boys, I mean, I, who by now, I mean now, are in their late 60s and 70s, but um, that they told that story 
to me, I'm thinking there's a lot more to what was going on in Dallas during that time than most people know. I mean, the Klan was still alive and well. The American Nazi Party had a stronghold in Dallas. General Walker was doing God knows what. I, I mean, with members of the um, um, Joint Chiefs of Staff who were in Dallas an awful lot during the weeks before and the weeks after the assassination. And it's all very, very interesting to me. I, I mean, um, I tend to, to lean towards there was a military um, influence here. I, I tend to lean towards, I don't say that LBJ did it, but the biggest joke the week after the assassination was, what was LBJ doing when President Kennedy was shot? And, of course, the answer is he was ducking. Uh, I, I mean, that's what the, the joke they told in Dallas during, you know, right after. Yeah. So um, I, I think we need to know what really happened here. I really do. And and if anything, just that we can fix history. I mean, we don't need to be revising history with fictionalized accounts of what people think happened. I mean, we need to know, you know, and, and have true evidence. Because like I said, this is still an open case. This could still be tried, you know? Yeah. So um – what what's your next move? You you did the second book. Um, where do you go from here? Well, you know what I mean. Since then, I'm I'm very fortunate in that um, two uh, university professors have chosen my books, both of my books, to be required reading in their political science and um, courses at college. I, that's a big deal to me. I may not yeah. be a best-selling author, but by goodness, I I mean. These professors think that this is important, you know. Yeah. Um, I am working on pieces of puzzle volume two, but the big thing right now is, like I spoke about earlier, this resolution that was signed by me and and I'm nothing. I, I mean, but the Kennedy family members, the Martin Luther King members, um, several actors, and I'm I don't know how you guys feel, but actors are just actors. I mean, that doesn't make them any better or worse than any of us, but. They get a lot more media attention. Um, We are all begging and the government to reopen the case and to do it with a bipartisan flavor and and to treat it like it should be treated, like a legal case. I I mean, not a commission, not a conference where people give their theories and their hypotheses, but use all this evidence that I'm late in line of finding the things that so many other people before me have found. They're true, that are, that are evidentiary and could be used in a court of law, you know? Yeah. That's what we're asking for. We, we had um, RFK Jr. on the show, um, and even before this, um, he was always on this, you know, a side of conspiratory um, things, that things are not as they seem, and especially with Sirhan Sirhan and, and his own father. Uh-huh. Um, but I just uh-huh. wonder if, if, if Congress is still going to act on it or do anything, take it serious is what I'm, I'm thinking. I, I yeah, don't know if they you will. Know what, you know what I think, Al? I've got a 19-year-old son and a 22-year-old daughter, and, and we were talking about this the other day. I'm, they are great. And, and they said, you know what, Mom? I think it's going to take your generation and the generation before you dying out. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then maybe those of us who are younger and know that this is important 
there will be politicians who feel the same way we do and will make it happen. I don't think it's going to happen when they're still – and you know what? They, they may have a point because if you look at our, our political system, how many guys – and it is mostly men. I mean, there are a lot of women now. But how many of them are over the age of 65 or 70? Seriously. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. and, and they may know things that they don't want America to know that they know, you know, and they might not get reelected if we know those things. So they might have a point about that. But I do believe the younger politicians and leaders are agreeing with what I'm saying that, yes, we need answers and, and we don't want to do this anymore. We don't want to have a government like this anymore. It's bad. It's wrong. And how can we say we're better than China or we're better than Russia who propagandize their citizens when that's exactly what we're doing, too? You know, yeah, let's not be hypocrites. Yeah. 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 There's always two sides, isn't there? So. Right. That's right. I got on a a soapbox. I'm so sorry, Al. I didn't mean to do that. That's that's actually what we do here. We we use lots of soap. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> well, at, at least Al does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's important. It's important. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you I, go I, to I, the Kennedy um, things in, in New Orleans or Dallas, the uh, different? I do not. No. I do not. I I, I am what I suppose some um, of my peers would call a bit self-righteous. I, 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 I don't want to, how shall I say this in a kind way? I don't want to be associated with people who I feel are trying to interject themselves into such a horrific event in history for some psycho sociopathic reason. I, 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 if I didn't have to be a part of this, Al, I wouldn't be. I, I mean, it's terrible. It, it, it's the stories and the things. It, it's horrible. I mean, why would you want to, you know, be a part of this every day? Yet I am because I'm trying to find my grandfather's film. I truly believe he was there for a reason. And I truly believe that his film is important. And and why no one else – well, I shouldn't say no one else. There's a lot of people that are on my bandwagon. But um, why it's not more important to the world it, it stuns me, but that's okay. I mean, yeah. look at the things we, like y'all were talking about, measles vaccines. And, you know, people are scared. They don't want to vaccinate their kids because they're scared that the government may have put something in a vaccine or they can't trust the pharmaceutical companies. I mean, I don't know. I, I, you know, but the, the fear that we have that seems to be pervasive in our, in our subconscious is scary. And I, I'm going to tell you, I, I think it goes back to the, what we're talking about here, that there's a part of us that don't that we don't. Well, a lot of us don't believe what the government is telling us, and we can't trust them. I, and that's not good. I, if you can't trust your government, I mean, you need to be able to, you know? Yeah, yeah. But if we got some answers, maybe we could. So, We'll, we'll hold yeah, on I don't and do wait. A lot. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I don't do a lot of conferences and things. What I do, I, I speak to colleges. I do radio shows like with you guys, and I try my best to help other authors or researchers who are trying to find answers in case I may have some in my notes, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's what I do. Well, so, well, it's yeah. certainly been a pleasure. It's been a great, it's been great talking to you. I think, um, you do things very well and we're going to have your books 
on our website so people that listening oh, can just go one you. click and purchase. And um, you have a website as well that people can go to, right? It's I do. I do. Yeah. It's com, and, okay. and I spell my name G-A-Y-L-E. You got it. N-I-X. Yeah. Well, again, Gail, thank you very much for taking the time today. Hey, Al, thank you for having you too, Kevin. I like you guys. I hope I get to meet you someday. To find out more about our show, guests, or to listen to past shows from our archive, please go to www.houseofmysteryradio.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.